Welcome to Geordie Lass and Doc Sass. One day, a Geordie and a Canadian walk into a bar and decide to start a podcast about relationships and what a topic that is. No subjects are off limits. Get in touch today with us at geordielass.com or email info at geordielass.com and let us know what you think and what we should talk about. Welcome to the podcast. Hello and welcome everybody. Hello. Hello. <laughs> it is nice to see you. Hey, how are things it going? What's nice going on? It's nice to see you as well. <laughs> yeah, things are, um, things are good, thanks. I um, visited the hairdresser at the weekend. Oh my gosh, actually, your hair looks gorgeous. Oh, and there's layers and stuff. Oh, it's wonderful. Yeah, it's always so nice oh, when wait, you meet the hairdresser. Is there color? Well, I think my hair went lighter in the um, on holiday in oh, the sun. Oh, nice! Oh, nice! Oh, it looks gorgeous. So, so yeah, so yeah, and um, we don't have very many rituals or traditions in our relationship, mm-hmm. um, but we do have one, and that is when I go to the hairdressers, we must go out for dinner. Oh, <laughs> and did you go out for dinner? So we had yeah, we had a nice uh, had a nice day night on Saturday. Oh. It is so true. Funny enough, actually, the many times now that I've actually, because I only have my, I only do my hair once every six months, including cutting it every six months, just because I'm cheap, oh, right? Wow. So I'm like, yeah, no, it really does grow out between every single time my hairdresser. I, wish I, like, could get, <laughs> I wish I could get away with that. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, I barely do. By the time I actually get to her, I've been pinning my hair up for six weeks and she looks at me, she's like, oh, this looks really... <laughs> you're in poor shape I'm like yeah I'm cheap and she's like I know so but the funny thing is whenever I get it done it gets like fabulous right she does the whole blow dry and everything Mm. and I almost never have anywhere to go I know to change that I need to change that absolutely I know that is a universal law of of having your hair cut I think you're right there are so many people I know who um either particularly I was chatting with my uh, daughter and um she's got kind of friends that are all around the same age like all kind of heading back to uni soon and mm. so she had some friends over at the weekend and uh and all the girls were saying exactly the same things about the mums are like yep yeah, yep yeah, my mum's exactly the same <laughs> she gets her hair done and you know does the house or does the chores no no gets her hair done and wants to go out for dinner oh so they oh they do have their night out. oh i yeah, need to yeah. get on this yeah. What am I even doing with you my do. life? I think you'd be missing out. I have. You know, what's funny is I never thought to, I just saw it as a necessity. Like once every, I, I can't really go more than six months not cutting my hair. Right? So I should really, you know, but, but I never planned something. So, well, to anybody who is like me, then I encourage all of us to make a darn plan. In fact, book the hairdresser and then book what we're going to do with it. Yes. Exactly. Done and done. It's a waste of a good haircut otherwise. Oh, I agree. I agree so true ah i told you i was going to bring a wine installment because oh yes come on i went to rome and had a super super wonderful romantic uh uh interlude in rome uh for a day which was wonderful um and i have to say that like it was a day and a half i had chianti for the first time in my life wow really can you imagine first time you've had it first time wow i thought of the uh silence of the lambs uh anthony hopkins i just couldn't get that out of my head um (laughs) It was a nice wine. It was very nice um, once it aired out. Uh, And then the second night, we had a table wine, like an Italian table wine. And I felt right at home. I have to say, there is something that I really like 
about just the good old cheap table wine that comes for like some six euro or something like measured in liters, <laughs> you know, when your wine's you know? measured liters. <laughs> <laughs> but when I was in, uh, when I was in Rome years ago now, um, they, they said that actually oh, you should only ever order house wine in a restaurant because um all of the restaurants will be judged on the quality of their house wine and they said they keep all of the best wine for themselves in italy and they send all the rubbish that they don't want to drink across to the (laughs) uk that's what we end up drinking (laughs) (laughs) wow isn't that funny so if if there's any truth in that story then you are very wise to order the house wine it's so funny you say that because I actually find that it doesn't get me as drunk in, at all. It, maybe it's a lower alcohol, but it's just much more pleasant. It's just so pleasant. It pairs mm. so well with food. Um, I thought that I would be, and of course I'm a cheap person, so I just love paying much less than for this like pretentious bottle. Um, so I, yeah. I, it's funny. These are lessons that are coming to me quite late in life, but I realize like when in Rome or when in Athens, drink the table wine. It's the cheapest. There it's the go. best. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the lesson of the week. And then I realized maybe I have a bit more Southern European in me than I thought. Yes, exactly. <laughs> lesson of the week. Ah, all right. So now that we're imbibing on, uh, on wine, what's going on at the relationship desk of love? Well, yes. If you would like another lesson for the week. Uh-huh. So... I was reading about the, there's been a kind of like an influx of, uh, of stories of uh, celebs kind of splitting up in relationships and things. Some of them haven't been in the relationship for a very long time and kind of, you know, deciding to call it quits. And apparently it's all to do with Mercury retrograde has oh. been having such a horrible impact on relationships. Oh. So whilst it's kind of over, the period is over, there's still a bit of a shadow, apparently, that is lingering. So we need to take some care in our relationships. Ooh, interesting. Okay. So would you like some tips on how to take care? Yes, obviously. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it says, do go with the flow. It says, be more flexible with who you are and um you know really kind of think about your partner and if somebody cancels at the last minute then give them the benefit of the doubt it says follow up on all the messages that you send including texts dms voicemails so to make sure that um that communication is flowing and um you know you can nothing kind of gets missed or left behind Mm. it says repeat yourself and restate things that you've already expressed so it said a current partner may want to be reassured about how you're feeling about them during this time so you know don't be afraid to Mm. just clarify exactly what somebody means to you Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it says um and do make sure that your dating apps are updated so it says before the pre-shadow download the latest versions of the apps you are using to minimize any potential glitches oh interesting okay and then what not to do (laughs) (laughs) yes so it said don't shoot down an ex who gets in touch there may be very good reason that they're reappearing in your life right now so if you have some unfinished business then make sure that you make the effort to go for coffee and find out what's going on it says don't make any major life decisions that may impact your relationship especially if you feel that you're getting cold feet 
or you feel like somebody's maybe kind of not turning out to be who you think they are. So you need to give it a little bit of time and not act on impulses. Equally, don't rely on first impressions. So again, kind of give somebody kind of the benefit of the doubt. Maybe try kind of one or two times. Don't just kind of go with your gut instinct. And it says don't jump into any new relationships um, at this stage. So again, that kind of air of caution and um, just a bit of word of warning there. Oh, so fascinating. Okay. Some I agree with and some I do not. <laughs> um, I'm actually now a, a newer fan of very, very strict boundaries between a past relationship and a new one. Um, oh. I was not this kind of person. Maybe we can kind of bring this up on a very controversial future episode of should you remain Maybe. friends with your ex? Yeah. Or should you entertain their call? Should you block them? Yeah. I'm now like, oh. you know, I know, I know. Maybe we should get to the boxing <laughs> ring. So I don't necessarily Maybe. think like unfinished business. Nah, ah, mm. that, that skates a fine edge for me and we can take that up. Um, that is all. I suppose it, de- it depends, doesn't it, on kind of where you're at in your relationship. And, mm. you know, maybe in, you know, maybe it was that you didn't really want it to end, but it ended. And then maybe the other person has kind of had some time to process it. And maybe they're like, oh, well, actually, maybe you were right. And. Maybe there is an option to rekindle. Who knows? But maybe so. I think you have to you have to take each thing on its kind of merit. I don't think you can. There's never a hard and fast rule for everybody. Mm-hmm. But I would say the kind of overriding message in the um, article there was about just kind of having a bit of caution and not necessarily kind of being too harsh. Um, you know, staying with an open mind, not being kind of judgmental. I think. I like that. And not rushing to, yeah, Yeah. just taking taking it slow. Take your time, yeah. Which is great advice any day of the week. It is indeed. All right. Well, thank you for that. So, yeah, if you are wondering why you've had such a bumpy ride in your relationship recently, that's why. And you've just got to hunker down a little bit longer and we'll ride it all out. Oh, I like this. Excellent. A storm cannot last forever and neither can a sunny day. (laughs) Indeed. (laughs) <laughs> unless you're sarah and uh your your literal flight travel around the globe brings the rain clouds with you other than that <laughs> yeah uh, you can always make it sunny even when it's raining that is true margaritas <laughs> thank you <laughs> oh indeed indeed mm. um would you like a hot topic yes let's go for it okay Common causes of low confidence in your relationship. Ah, yes. Yes. Mm. I say yes as if you're going to give me a list, but like I already have some thoughts. I haven't got a list. (laughs) Oh, lovely. Lovely. Common causes of low self-confidence. I think this is something that does, if you've got low levels of confidence, either you or your partner, I think this is something that has kind of like a real big potential to cause kind of, you know, no end of trouble in your relationship because depending on kind of the, you know, the two types of personalities that are involved, if you've got kind of one person that's super confident and the other person that is less confident, then you can, you've got those kind of polar opposites, then it can really cause, you know, some havoc because on one side you the, the one that's maybe not that confident is thinking, well, why can't you just understand and support me and 
the one that's uber confident probably thinks, well, I've gotten like they probably just cannot relate at all to what's happening. Mm -hmm. So you get these two kind of polar extremes that just aren't relatable to each other. And often being able to kind of bridge that gap or to support each other in that can be can be quite a big ask, I would say. Ah, well, and it speaks to and I was just talking to a client today is um, we are attracted to each other oftentimes because both of us bring opposite traits, opposite and complementary traits. But it's that same uh, our complementary nature means that we have opposite gifts and drawbacks and that can also become a bugbear you're right because we while we Mm. might value that somebody's very different than us it also gets extremely annoying because we can't understand it yeah now interestingly when you read the hot topic i thought you meant confidence in the relationship as in confidence that the relationship is a healthy positive thing i was actually reading this as attachment styles insecure attachment styles versus secure attachment styles so i just Mm. wanted to sort of put a pin and we don't have to go there but how interesting that, you know, what causes, you know, confidence and lack thereof in a relationship. So mm. really cool. Let's, I yeah. think that attachment styles do have play into it though, because often the attachment style I would probably kind of link with that is more kind of like that anxious attachment style mm-hmm. where I kind of don't necessarily, if I'm maybe not feeling that confident in myself as a person, then I'm bringing, that's what I'm bringing to the relationship. Mm -hmm. And therefore it can be quite hard then to have confidence in the relationship as well, Mm -hmm. because I just can't see how, if I don't feel hundred percent right, then how can I feel right in my relationship? And and so I would imagine that, you know, the two would go um, kind of hand in hand. Oh, you've got it. So confidence is, there are external factors, things like I can be confident if this and that happen outside of me. Yeah. Uh, but a big part is confidence comes from within. You can't wait to feel confident to yeah. act confident. Mm. You have to yeah. act it and then feel it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's, it's about looking for the kind of evidence for and against. Mm. It's quite a useful exercise to do to say kind of you know, where are the, where are the times when I do feel confident, either kind of in myself or within the relationship? Mm-hmm. What do they look like? What's present? What was happening immediately before? What was happening during, afterwards? Mm. Like using that kind of reflective thought. And then on the other extreme, so what, when are the times when I'm, when I'm feeling less confident about myself or I feel less confident in the relationship or if it's like an, an anxious attachment style that kind of shows up, mm. when does that show up again? Kind of what's happening before, what's happening during, what's happening afterwards, mm-hmm. you know, what's happening externally, what am I, what are the thoughts and beliefs that are going on internally and trying to kind of unpick some of that? Oh yeah, Absolutely. That takes a lot of introspection. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. When you have sort of differing levels of confidence among two partners, Mm. what are the biggest conflict trends that you, like what are the biggest kind of warring words that you see these kind of people trading off? What are the biggest, like, you always do this, you never do this. Like what, what are some of the things you might hear from a couple that has this kind of difference between them? I think sometimes what can happen is you um, you can damage the kind of trust and the respect in the relationship because because you've got this mis- mismatch of kind of needs, desires, a kind of view of self, then that can 
be quite kind of damaging because Mm -hmm. being able to have that kind of level of trust and respect for somebody can be quite hard so if if I am a super confident person and I'm really confident in the relationship and I can't quite kind of grasp why my partner isn't Mm. then I might kind of lose respect for that person or not trust them as much because I'm thinking well you know you should you should be as confident as I am Mm -hmm, so I think it's mm -hmm. this kind of I think often in these situations we find it very difficult to understand each other's points of view because it's so alien to us to not feel that way Mm. and that's happening on both sides of the spectrum Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because on the other side I'm like well why can't you just understand why I'm feeling like this and Mm. I want you to help me and support me in this and I feel like you're not giving me that support so there's two sets of needs that just aren't being met oh you've got it you've got it easy for a confident person to say I don't understand what it is like to not have confidence and it you should you know uh, there's also this kind of like uh maybe if I (laughs) you know how to how to teach somebody to swim well one way is just dunk them in the pool and see if they can just learn to swim out of the sheer necessity of survival which is probably the fastest (laughs) way but it's pretty cruel and I was going to say, it seems like a pretty dangerous option. And me. it's very dangerous, yeah. But weirdly, emotionally, we'll often do that. Like, so for example, you're both going to a party together and one person has consistently said, I feel very, like, stay by my side and please, at least, you know, for the first hour of the party, like, I don't like going into a room with strangers. I don't know how to make yeah. friends. Just, you know, wingman me. And let's say the other confident person consistently abandons their partner the soon, you know, the yeah. second they come in the door. That feels like dunking your partner into a, you know, a bath of cold water is like, we'll figure out how to swim. Yeah. Um, and it is cruel. Uh, It's not effective either because like people with confidence don't understand that the lack of confidence, it isn't just flipping a switch and just, uh, you know, it's very, very hard for people. Um, and oftentimes they need a lot more support than just kind of tough love. Yeah. Well, you need to understand and you want... And it, I don't think it matters what the challenges in your relationship or the challenges that you have personally. You just want somebody else to get it and to understand mm-hmm. and to mm-hmm. kind of have some empathy about that. Because I want to feel seen and I want to feel heard and I want to feel like you, that I care enough to you to matter. And mm-hmm. and I think this is where we end up with this kind of, this mismatch that just becomes so damaging in the relationship. Because if I feel like my partner doesn't care enough to take the time to understand and to um you know want to be part of the solution then I don't really feel like I'm valued and then that where you've got a situation where it's low confidence that then makes it worse right because I'm fulfilling my own prophecy there by saying well you know yeah it is right I'm not worth anything because my partner won't even take the time Mm. you know Mm -hmm. the person that should be taking the time isn't therefore kind of you know makes you feel even worse about yourself Mm. Absolutely true. And and oftentimes I when we need something and we need support and our partner sort of quote unquote abandons us, it can feel like they don't care. And it's often not the yeah. case. And if you if you need you, you need no further proof than to look at what's one thing that my partner has been asking me to understand about them and I've been brushing it off, like, well, they can't be really serious because it's not a big deal, right? Mm. Uh, it could be that um talking about emotions is very scary. And let's say you're like, 
that's not scary. It's easy to talk about emotions and you're constantly yeah. getting into these big, you know, all out brawls of emotional sort of mm. EQ kind of conversations. And you see your partner literally like bristling with discomfort and you're like, oh, it can't be that uncomfortable. But whatever is comfortable for you, you take that for granted, um, yeah. is really not comfortable for the other person. And they're not just saying it. So when you don't pay attention to that, because you're like, oh, it can be that important. It's not because you don't care about the mm -hmm. person. You just, we live in our own selfish bubbles. We're the most, we're the yeah. protagonist of our own story and everybody else is supporting characters. So yeah. it's both false to interpret that our partner's lack of regard for our weakness is them not caring. Yeah. But at the same time, it's really imperative. Like when your partner says, I really need this, even if it doesn't really register on your radar, you have to make it register on your radar. Like it has to become important. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. You know, if somebody's told you exactly what they want and need, if you ignore <laughs> that, well, you know, we're it's not always end well, told. Is it? We're always told. We always know. The things like if somebody. You know, what led to the demise of your relationship? What led to you being served with divorce papers? It's the same stuff mm. that you've heard again and again for every fight. Mm. Maybe a little bit different, maybe a new revelation. Really, it, just the same thing you've been hearing for years. Yeah. yeah. And you didn't take it seriously because you didn't think that it was as important or that you had more time. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? Everybody thinks they've got more time. We do not have enough time. <laughs> <laughs> we do not have enough time. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we don't have enough time to mess around with hurt and create mountains of hurt. I can, I can say that like, again, not impossible to dig out of a mountain of hurt, but it's just a lot easier if you didn't accumulate the mountain of hurt first. It's just, if you can see that early in a relationship, try as much as possible to lessen the amount of dirt that you're piling onto this uh, pile of hurt. <laughs> Word to the wise from somebody yeah. who's been there. Yeah. Well, and yeah, I mean, statistically, people will stay in an unhappy relationship for kind of up to six oh, yeah. and a half years before yeah. they do anything about it. Gosh. So that's a lot of crap that's being accumulated. Oh. And, you know, probably a lot of kind of, you know, hurt and anguish that we've shared and, um, you know, forced onto our old partners. Oh, completely. Or had forced onto us. Indeed. Man. I tell you, absolutely. That's all, that's like the garbage dump for the greater Toronto area. I tell you, that's that's no insignificant <laughs> pile of shit. <laughs> it's so true. Oh my yeah. gosh. Ah, uh, well, should we um, switch to a question? Today's question. I've been with my partner for a while now. But I'm starting to feel like the spark is gone. What should I do if I feel like I'm losing interest in my partner? And how should I reignite our passion for our relationship? Oh, oh. I like this question because the person is thinking ahead and, and starting to see a trend that they realize mm. is not going in the right direction. Cool thing is realizing yeah. that the onus is also re resides with them. It's not that... Yeah. my partner doesn't take their socks off in bed or they chew with their mouth open. It's all their fault. They're becoming undesirable to me. <laughs> well, at some point in time, you found their open mouth chewing either charming or you were like, <laughs> I can't see how. I don't think anybody found that charming. <laughs> they don't, but weirdly, I think we probably ignore some stuff that later gets under mm. our skin. So good yeah. for this person yeah. to... 
be thinking yeah. about, okay, so I can start to see a trend. Yes. So desire. It's it's a common thing, isn't it? Like because well, we know that and, and this person says they've been together for a while, so we don't know how long a while is in their um, you know, in their definition of a while. Is it kind of three years, five years, 10 years, 20 years, like we don't, we're not quite sure. But mm-hmm. we know that the first flushes of romance do settle down and and the things that you kind of felt where you, you know, incessantly thought about your partner or mm. messaged them or spoke to them kind of like a million times a day because they were the only thing mm. that were on your mind. And, mm. you know, you wonder how you didn't get fired from work because <sighs> you spent so much time thinking about this lovely oh. new lustful relationship mm-hmm. that you were in. You know, we know that that bit doesn't last. Um, But it is important to still feel that connection, I think. So we often talk about the spark, the spark's gone. And, you know, probably the reality is you'll never get that back. So Mm. I think we have to be careful that we're not trying to hark after something that just probably is, you know, physically impossible because it was caused by a whole rush of, uh, you know, hormones in the first place. Yes. But I think there is a new, there's a new wave, you know, it's possible at any stage and all of the stages in your relationship to still be able to focus on that kind of, what's that connection? How do, how do I, how do I want to feel in the relationship? And, you know, maybe it is that, you know, maybe it's just that you've lost kind of like that fun time. Mm. Maybe you just need to you know, the the smallest of acts of kind of saying, right, you know what, let's think about the next three months ahead. Mm. What fun things do we want to do together? Like, how do we make sure that we are spending the right time together to be able to still feel kind of that desire for each other? Mm. Oh, so I think com- it's really hard to kind of feel desire for somebody when all you feel like you're doing is kind of, you know, the cooking, the clean and the sorting the kids out the I'm going to work mm. and and I think especially now at this time of year we're starting to go into you know I hate to say it but the you know the darker nights oh. on the way <laughs> that is not allowed to be spoken of on this podcast but we have to go there no, sometimes I know I know I know but yes but for a brief 30 seconds I'll just mention it absolutely but you know as the seasons change then it can often be a time when we feel even less connected mm. to our partners because and therefore we don't you know you don't really feel desirable in yourself you're not really feeling that attractive towards your partner so we have to at times in the relationship whether that's seasonal or otherwise we have to kind of you know invest a bit more to still feel those same feelings oh so true so true yeah and and you know we basically work with couples who may be seven years out 12 years out 15 years out and and you're right like we have to discuss the reset of expectations it'll never go back to infatuation but just over the threshold of this big crisis this big sort of learning sort of moment uh pressure cooker is this mature love on the other side of it that Mm. is um lovely it is confident it is quiet is more certain um and there is passion there is desire there is arousal uh it's not external it's not sort of it's not like taking a bunch of cocaine it's like doing exercise and that's the thing that i can hearken it to so um it would be great to just do cocaine every day of your life, but that isn't, 
Um, the high is really... <laughs> Spoken like a true doctor. <laughs> I tell you, exactly, exactly. But, you know, the problem is, is that there are consequences, just like infatuation. If infatuation can only last for like six months to two years, then it means the mm. only way to sustain this is to keep having new relationships. So that's one choice, but it's kind of like doing, doing cocaine. <laughs> It'll kind of leave you sad and alone. Um, but then if you want to like stick out for the high that comes from within... Um, again, like exercise, exercise is something you have to work hard. It's not going to give you the payout right away, but eventually your mood is going to lift. Your energy is going to lift and you're going to feel this nice. You'll never feel the highs of cocaine, but you'll kind of feel this nice glow and it's more sustainable, long lasting Mm. and healthy. And that is mature love. And that's the kind of thing that, um, but it has to come from engagement. It has to come from, uh, like this philosopher, that wrote this book, contemporary philosopher, I think he uh, sort of read of the Stoics, but, you know, he, he basically was like, never forget the desire for which you had for that thing, that job or that relationship, just tune back into what you felt at that time. Mm-hmm. And, and remember that that was the thing you wanted most. And just because you now have it, it it's not the shiny object anymore. It's not the, the new purse anymore. So it goes to the back of the closet, yeah. but just bring yeah. that item out and just look at it and admire it, as if you have fresh eyes, new eyes for that thing or that person. Yeah, that's yeah, that's what I was just going to say. It's about, you know, how can I look at my relationship and my partner with a fresh set of eyes? And mm. I think a lot of it comes down to appreciation because we, mm. um, you know, if you we've talked before about kind of playing the top three game where you look at kind of what are the top three great things that happened today, but you can you can tweak that and change it to kind of multiple different aspects of your relationship and it might be that you say look what are the top three things that I greatly appreciate about my partner Mm. or about Mm. our relationship or you know the the life that we've had together Mm. you know if we can treasure the things that we've got and really look at things from a place of a positive place a place of strength then we're able to build upon those Mm. yes 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 yeah it's not an overnight thing, though. This is really hard to tune yeah. into uh, because we're assuming something to just kind of like, like desire to pop back into us, like uh, easy without us doing any work. Mm. Yeah. And that's hard. But it's like we talked about the other week around kind of intimacy. Mm. You know, it's the same sort of thing, isn't it? We've got to be able to create that connection to have the intimacy or to have the desire for one another. Mm-hmm. We can't have any of it unless we've got, you know, connection at the heart of that. Mm-hmm. yeah no that's so true and it's a thing that often kind of slips I think because it's um as you say you do have to put a bit of effort in to have to feel that connection mm-hmm. and it's so easy for us especially in this day and age I think to become disconnected mm-hmm. because you know when you become disconnected with kind of everything we become disconnected with who we are we we're disconnected with the relationship we're disconnected with the work that we're doing and a lot of that is because we're overstimulated as human beings like I mean, you never switch off, do you? What's the first thing that most people do when they wake up in the morning? Pick up the phone, right? Totally. totally. Straight away, you straight away you're into that kind of overload, and that yep. doesn't stop, right? Like, you, I'd probably be embarrassed if I looked at how often I pick up my phone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'd like to say some of it is because I need to be on there, but it's quite a fair chunk that I don't. Mm-hmm. You know, I look at the kids today. The kids don't even put theirs down. I swear, in in kind of twenty years' time, we'll all have claw-like hands. Yeah, <laughs> we've just got kind of like a mobile phone f- infused into it. That's so because, funny. You know, yeah. the kids don't even don't even put them down, do they? So you you know, eventually, the kind of limbs will just 
atrophy build and around this technology. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. So we are overstimulated. And because of that, I think that causes a lot of disconnection, not only kind of in, re- in relationships with your partner, but disconnection with kind of who you are mm-hmm. and what makes you happy and how to feel that kind of desire because we just become quite numb because we're just overloaded the whole time. Ah, the numbing. The numbing because of our overstimulation of really unhealthy things, the things that give us like video games and um, binge watching things, chocolate, not chocolate. I don't want to throw chocolate under the bus. It's not the chocolate. It's the (laughs) junk food around the chocolate. Um, But no, yeah, Yeah. totally. I mean, really, the thing is, is that we actually have to start cleaning the junk food out of our lives and our intimate lives. I mean... things like getting your TV out of your bedroom. I, okay, maybe I'm opening up a can of worms, but having a a television in your bedroom, number one, just as a physician that really goes against any sleep hygiene that any sleep Mm. uh, specialist would ever tell you, but it just, it, it's a, it's a, it's a source of dopamine. It's that binge watching one episode after another in bed. It's just this reinforcing Mm. of unhealthy things. So just the junk food out of our lives where we get the phones out of our hands, the TV out of our bedroom, um, you know, yeah. if pornography is something in your life, it doesn't necessarily need to be a bad thing. But if it needs to sort of, if it's if it's just taking up a little bit too much space in your life, maybe that needs to be sort of curtailed. Again, taking a lot of the junk food, the easy, you know, you've had a long, hard day. And what do you want to come home and do that's mindless? Open up a bottle, yeah. open up the fridge, turn on a video yeah. game, right? These things are generally unhealthy. What you don't feel like doing is going for a nice swim, uh, or a Pilates class, but that's actually ultimately the stuff that's going to be most healthy. Same as relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Simple, but not easy. Well, yeah. I mean, well, we're conditioned, right? And it's all around us. So it's very, it's like going into a, a sweet shop that's got, you know, thousands of different varieties and not wanting to buy something. Yeah, It's there. So it's true. all around us. We can't, it we is. can't escape it. Yeah. You've got it. Brave new world to try to, uh, navigate. Mm no question yeah but I think as you say you know the key to this is there's some there's some recognition there's some um you know I'm realizing what's happening Mm -hmm. and as a result of that that's the first step first step is always awareness so I'm aware of it what do I want to do about it yep no absolutely there's no question awareness is the first uh awareness also um a feeling of illness like yeah like awareness like I don't feel really great when we do that thing or when I put my mm. time into that, it feels good. It doesn't feel healthy. It doesn't feel great the morning after. Uh, the mm. me of tomorrow is not going to be happy of the me of today that I made that choice. And that's the awareness. Yeah. Oh. Wow. Building up desire. Good conversation, my love. Good I conversation. Know. I know. Well, you know, second week, both of us in the more or less European time zones, we're kind of hitting the drink hour at the same time so I don't know oh, maybe yeah. there's a synergy I still don't actually think I've got my head around the fact that you are staying there now <laughs> me neither <laughs> I know it's not <laughs> I'm like yeah shit she's actually moved there like this isn't just a kind of little visit I know as has been on previous occasions this is actually the real deal so oh. yeah I can't quite get my head around it you literally would be I could probably well if I didn't have the whole jersey hop I could probably fly to you in the space of a few hours three hours yeah and vice versa you've got it now I think maybe we gotta yeah. meet 
<laughs> we do. I don't have an ocean in front of us anymore. Yes. We are like um that um that relationship that's kind of never met and uh, but we share such intimate things each week. It is so true. It is so true. Some people mm-hmm. never meet because they're scared that they won't like the thing or the place of the person if they meet them in person and they always want to keep them at a distance. I though would yeah. very much like you in person. So I have no such avoidant tendencies. Um, and now... <laughs> Good. Mm-hmm. I well, we need to make it happen. We have to do an in-person uh, <gasps> recording. live recording. You know what yeah. does make sense? Well, yes. I'm just, I'm just thinking of all these things. But yes. Yes, yes, yes. Heck yes. <laughs> you know, as a Canadian, we don't tend to travel as much as Europeans. I think you guys are mm. on fire just because also those cheaper flights. <laughs> and there's such interesting places to go in very, very short... Yeah distances so i i am looking forward to becoming very european in my travel sensibilities and be like yeah i just go this place for a weekend i don't think like that in canada and uh here i'm looking forward to meeting in person just because yeah hop skip and a jump absolutely we need to make it happen you've got it well but let's make dinner happen in our belly how's that i was gonna say yes so it's now dinner time for both of us (laughs) i know i know it feels very surreal i know (laughs) going to have to some I feel a craving for meat so I'm just going to have some good old like ah bifteki or sausages or something crazy with maybe a nice salad salata nice <laughs> I know nice. I know well, and I'm off to cook salmon oh gosh hello lovely enjoy yeah. all right okay so until next time until next time so that's it for another week of Geordie Lass and Doc Sass We hope you've enjoyed listening as much as we've enjoyed chatting. Get in touch and share your questions for relationship remedies and any hot topics you want us to cover. If you need help navigating all things relationships, Anna and Sarah are available for one-on-one coaching support. Email info at geordielass.com. Please remember to like, share, subscribe if you've enjoyed listening. And if you've not, how on earth have you made it this far? I promise we'll try harder next time.